Welcome to Unconscious. This is episode 29, Why Colonic Hydrotherapy Could Change Your Life. Welcome to Unconscious. I'm your host, Liz Cook, functional nutritionist and founder of One Seed Organic Perfumes. Today we're chatting to Adelaide naturopath and colonic hydrotherapy practitioner Kirsty King about the benefits of colonics, and they might go deeper than you think. We cover the basics of what colonic hydrotherapy is, what to expect, who can benefit, what the science says, and how colonics can even help address trauma. If our gut's not working optimally, that's where the body sends things to clear, including energy and however that's stored in the body. Um, so if you know your, your body's done the work to try to eliminate it, but then your gut is stuck or not moving optimally, yeah, it's going to stay in the body. You know, when you do your release, you're sort of releasing that emotion as well. So let's jump in. Kirsty, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today because this is the first podcast episode that we have done in unfortunately six months um, despite my <laughs> attempts to get properly started again in 2022 life just had other plans for me so I'm so glad that you are kicking off the 2023 podcast season for unconscious welcome thank you thank you so much what an honor to be the the first one to get it get it back rolling again yes kick it off absolutely so firstly, I just want to get back to basics. So we're going to talk today about colonic or colon hydrotherapy, but a lot of us actually don't have a really good concept of where different parts um, of our body are sitting. So can you explain for people where exactly is the colon? Yes, that's such a good question because we get that quite a lot in the clinic in when people are describing their symptoms, they will often talk about their tummy or their stomach that point down low. So um, we all have different terms for what's going on in our gut. But when we're talking about the colon, we're talking about the large intestine. So that sits, it, it starts sort of down um, your right abdomen. Uh, that's where it connects from the small intestine. And then it works its way up the right side of the body. So we have the ascending colon that travels up the right side of the abdomen, the transverse colon that runs across the top of the abdomen. So that's kind of um, just below our rib cage or for the ladies it's kind of under the bra strap a little bit lower um, and then it turns again and goes back down the other side of the abdomen which um, is our descending colon and then there's a small part at the end where it kind of curves in um, called the sigmoid colon and and that's normally sort of what we refer to um, as a colon but it's actually sort of that whole large intestine we're trying to work Okay, and how big or how long is the large intestine? So our large intestine is about 1.5 metres. Uh, so that's all squished up. We sort of uh, picture our colon or how things move through the gut as one big clean tube, like just a pipe, but it's actually all these little pockets and um, squished up. So it'd be 1.5 metres for most people if it was stretched out. Uh, but it sort of takes lots of turns. It turns in our stomach as well. Okay. And I'm picturing more like a vacuum cleaner hose than, uh, than, a, than a plumbing pipe, right? Definitely, definitely. Like those old school um, vacuum cleaner pipes with all the little uh, pockets along the side. Yeah. Yes. Okay, awesome. So 
Tell us exactly what colon hydrotherapy is. And also, I know that it used to be commonly called colonic irrigation. I don't know if that term is, is used interchangeably still. But what exactly is it and why has it become your full-time focus in your clinical practice? So colon hydrotherapy is, I guess, the technical term for uh, basically hydrating the colon. And there's lots of things that sort of fall under that, um, colonics being one of them, and that's sort of the name most people will know. Uh, but then there's other things like enemas that it falls under that sort of banner as well. And the reason why I got involved in colon hydrotherapy is because it's helped me so much with my own gut health. I've seen so many benefits from it. And then from there, I've learned so much about it and also how to practice it myself and seeing the benefits from so many other people receiving that procedure as well. Do you feel like telling us a little bit about your story and how how then colonics actually helped you and your health? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So when I was around 19, 20, in my early 20s, I was getting lots of gut symptoms. So really that IBS picture where one day I would be really blocked up, couldn't go to the toilet at all, and the next day I'd be running to the toilet all day or, you know, I might have a good week and then a bad week. And then so many other symptoms were coming off of that that I didn't even realise at the time were connected, things like brush, um, skin irritations, brain fog, fatigue, getting sick a lot, um, those types of things. And then thankfully I was introduced to a naturopath after going down, you know, the doctor path for such a long time, being told, take a gastro stop if your bowels are going too much and then take a laxative when they're stopped. So uh, going down the GP path, that were my, they were my only options, just a life of medicating. When one symptom popped up, you take that pill. When the other one popped up, you take the other pill. And nothing was getting better. It was controlling my life being young, trying to go out and thinking about where the toilet is or, you know, is something embarrassing going to happen? It was just ruining my life when it should have been really the prime of my life. So thankfully, I got introduced to a naturopath who explained to me what potentially could be going on in my gut and started um, to help me to navigate how I could heal my gut. And that just opened the gates to me wanting to learn more and more and more. So I did a lot of self-education to heal my gut and then eventually um, did the degree in uh, naturopathy to learn myself. And, um, yeah, it's, it hasn't stopped from that. And, sorry, in answering to your question, how did the colonics help me, I started off with animas. So I was introduced to anima kits. Um, did that at home for by myself for a really long time, got lots of benefits from that, and then eventually got introduced um, to colon hydrotherapy um, and, yeah, would uh, add that into my regular self-care routine and haven't looked back since. That's amazing. <laughs> As is often the way with us nutritionists and naturopaths, we often, it's like physician heal thyself, right? We actually go on this self-healing journey with, some chronic conditions in our childhood or something and that it inspires us to, um, you know, end up helping other people because of, I guess, the limitations of the, the medical world. So it's, it's a very common story in our field, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. And I see it almost every day with new clients coming into the clinic for either naturopathy or 
colonics, um, yeah, we see it every day. They're just at their wits end. They've they've tried that trusted path and just got no answers. And then they turn to us and we sort of help to direct them to find those answers so they can help to heal their body. That's so good. And I want to talk in a little minute about um, probably some of the examples of, um, I guess, some of the more common things that you see improve with um, colonics, but also some of the more extraordinary um, cases maybe you've had, if you want to tell us a few or start thinking about about a few, because yeah. I didn't <laughs> pre-warn you about that one. Um, so there's a lot of misconceptions around um, colon hydrotherapy. And I guess a lot of people are really squeamish about the idea about like a little tube being inserted in your buttocks yeah. and um, have it flushed with water. And there's something that seems almost like medieval about it, almost like, you know, bloodletting, like what is this weird thing that people think is going to help that's, you know, doesn't have any scientific evidence. But let's talk through that and get to the purpose and the science behind it or the limitations of the science and why this therapy is beneficial and what makes it safe. Yes, yes, that's a great question. So it is a little bit medieval in a way. And um, if you do look through different texts, um, there's a really great book called Colon Health by Dr. Norman Walker. Um, and he explains it in there how, uh, you know, back in the day, they would hydrate the colon for just common things like co- a cold or pain. Um, they talk about using like pig's intestines to hold the water and then using like horns to insert it into the colon and hydrate to help with things like pain and a common cold or fever those types of things and then somewhere along the way it got lost um that is even talk about it being used in world war ii especially coffee animas for pain and um injury in the medical tents back then and that is really when coffee animas uh they started to learn more about them because it was almost by accident that they just used coffee because that was the purified water that they had and people reported more benefits from the coffee than just the plain water that's so, amazing. Yeah, there's plenty of um, throughout history it's definitely been used, but then somewhere in our uh, modern-day medicine it's been lost. And I think that's because of a couple of reasons, one being that there just hasn't been any funding to be able to study that or maybe there being no reason to study it because at the end of the day there's not very much money to be made from putting water in your colon from a medical perspective and getting people well that way. Um, That's a whole nother podcast episode, yes, by the way, because yes. you're, you're tickling my, um, I don't know which bone, but you're tickling my something bones because that's a conversation I love to have with people about, um, and we'll go back to the question in a second, but I think this is a really important education piece because often um, we as consumers, especially in the health and medical world, think that if there's um, not mounds of research on something, it means it's um, not legit, but actually you have to have somebody to fund the research and often that research isn't funded unless there's a kickback. So yes. no, not very many companies or agencies or philanthropists are going to pour money into – it's not even philanthropists, it's investors, isn't it? Yes, um, are yeah. going to pour money into something unless there's something to be to be gained. So Definitely. of course, as yeah. you're saying with colonics, like, you know, there's no there's, – there's no ongoing medication or anything like that. So just a really important point I just wanted to highlight to the listeners there as well. 
Yes, definitely, definitely. So it's not necessarily that um, people don't want to do the research. It's potentially that there, there's just no benefits at the moment financially. There's no financial backing um, for it. But thankfully, we're in Australia at least, we're getting a really good community of colon hydrotherapists who anecdotally are um, seeing so many benefits for their clients. So who knows, one day that might change. Mm. So at yeah. the moment in regards to research, are we looking more at we've got a, a history of um, colon hydrotherapy, you were saying, you know, 50 years ago, World War II, et cetera, um, yeah. and in the good old days, 100 years ago, what it's not really the good old days, but in the old yeah. days. Um, so we have that history to go on. And then in recent history, what is with the limited research that's been done, does it tend to be more anecdotal and practitioners getting together to talk about what they're seeing or how is that how is that being handled? Definitely. In, ter- so, in terms of functionality of the procedure, but also in terms of making sure that it's safe. Yes. So definitely it's mainly anecdotal, unfortunately. Um, but in making it safe, uh, I guess we have learnt from things that have gone wrong in the past in a way that the things that people report of colon hydrotherapy being dangerous is because of the temperature of the water. People could potentially become burnt on the inside or um, bowel perforation. If they're filled with too much water, um, then, you know, that that's not good either. So we know the things that can go wrong and then as colon hydrotherapists, we just avoid all of that uh, so it becomes a lot safer. And especially the type of colonic we use here at the Gut Recovery Centre, it's all gravity-fed and there's a practitioner with you the entire time. So that rules out um, those risks that are involved with colon hydrotherapy. Yeah, this might be a good time to segue to, uh, I know we'll get a bit more into what exactly it is, but while you've brought up that topic, when Mm -hmm. I was doing my research um, to have my own colonic, and and this is how I came across you, Kirsty. Um, yeah. So so I've come to see you for a series of colonics. Um, at the time when I was doing my research, um, I spoke to a few different p- practitioners who were performing this procedure. But as you say, some are, some machines are gravity fed, some are not. Some leave you in the room by yourself, some are with you. So what does somebody need to look out for or research when they're deciding which practitioner to go for? Definitely. And I think, you know, what you did, Liz, is exactly what I advise advise to do is do your research first. Make sure you find the right right practitioner for you. Um, Ask questions, look at reviews, um, because there are a few different types. Uh, so there are the machine-operated types and then there is also the open system and the closed system. So the open system allows water to push in. The, that type of system you're normally by yourself, so it's a specially designed bed that you're in and water is pushed into the colon or um, using machines, so it's pressured into the colon and it fills up and then it releases straight back out into sort of the bed that's kind of like a toilet as well. So you're kind of on your own, they'll tell you how to use it all. Um, and, yeah, so that system, you know, you'll still have a release, but it can be quite intense with the pressure of the water. Um, and it, it's also a little bit overwhelming because you're by yourself, you're not quite sure if you're doing things right, and it can be a little bit more painful with the um, pressure of the water. 
Then there's also closed system colonics that use machines as well. Um, and I would always opt for a closed system no matter what. The Woods Gravity Method can sometimes be a little bit harder to find. Um, but, you know, if I had to, if there was no Woods Gravity Method available, I would always be choosing a closed system. Um, and, yeah, so there are forms of machine-based closed system, but once again, it uses pressure and for that water and so you'll still get a release but it's not helping your gut long term whereas the woods gravity method is just gravity fed water so your gut has to do the work so it's a bit of a workout for your gut and it's going to tighten and tone your gut um, long term so it will move properly on its own yeah that's a really important thing to touch on because when I was researching and I spoke to you and I spoke to people who have the system that kind of does the work for you I was kind of thinking oh maybe I want the system that does the work because I felt like that would be more effective um but then having spoken to you and having the first one then I understood okay but this is like um passive exercise versus active exercise right like I can sit on a machine that jiggles my arms Mm -hmm. but what am I actually training my body to do whereas if I do the work my my muscles respond um and the mechanisms start to feed themselves I guess so that's something that I found really important because it's fine to have the function of actually clearing out your bowel, maybe clearing blockages or just getting your, your, your bowels working really effectively. But like you say, you want that to be a long-term proposition rather than just I feel great for three weeks and a month down the track I need another series of three. Yes, yes. And that's what I find so incredible about being able to offer the colonics because previously I was just working as a naturopath and hearing things uh, from patients that they tell me about their guts, we're actually seeing how their guts respond to the colonic process can tell you so much more. So some people, you know, suffering with gut uh, complaints and when you get them on the colonic bed and you see that feedback from their body, what's coming out in the tube, but also as a therapist you have your Um, hands on the tube as well Um, and you can feel that feedback from the client's gut so whether it's moving or not um, and sometimes we're not getting any movement at all we're not getting any feedback from somebody's gut so if we're if we're not helping to tighten and tone that gut if we're not helping those muscles move long term they're going to be relying on colonics or laxatives for the rest of their life where if we can help to tighten and tone and educate we'll get that movement back and hopefully the client will be able to release on their own and then that's going to have so much benefit from their, for their gut in the long term. Yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned before in passing and I feel like people might who haven't had a colonic might kind of um, uh, be taken aback, but I just want to clarify. You said that the system that's not gravity-fed could be more painful, but I just want to clarify that in my experience, the colonic is not painful at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just in case anybody who was think thinking about it. it yeah. yeah. So I guess the, it, it, the colonic is not painful. It's It can be pressure. So you can feel pressure at different times or cramping at different times. And sometimes that is um, you'll feel more pressure with a pressure fed system so the woods gravity method is much more gentler because the water is just running in through gravity so um, yeah you definitely won't experience pain it's just um, sometimes throughout the colonic as gut uh, as waste moves around your colon 
you might feel a bit of pressure or some cramping. But with the type of clinic we use, we're there to help talk you through it. And um, normally when that pressure builds up, it's a good thing because you feel the release afterwards and you just feel so much better for it. Yeah, absolutely. I I wanted to ask you about maybe people who um, wouldn't benefit from a colonic or people who shouldn't go down this path, but I just thought I would would just maybe touch on why I decided to go ahead. Um, And I had a series of colonics with you late last year for a couple of reasons. One, because I really have a passion for health and being in the best health I can possibly be. Um, And I'm all for whatever helps me maintain my health and improve my health and and so on. Um, But also because I 12 months ago was diagnosed out of the blue after a particularly stressful um, event with diverticulitis and ended up in hospital on um, five rounds of IV for a few days, et cetera. And it kind of, it didn't scare me, but it made me think, okay, there's deeper things going on here that Mm -hmm. even though I attend to my health, I'm not aware of. So after that, I've been much, much more mindful about um, making sure my bowel health is in pristine condition. Um, And because um, diverticulitis and bowel issues run in my family, I sort of figured, well, I kind of need to take a little bit more of a proactive approach Um, and if things aren't moving along 100% all the time, I felt like I wanted to give that you know, a little bit of help and see also, does that help with intermittent brain fog? And, um, you know, sometimes I have issues with memory and there's been a lot of stress in my life. So I know all of that, um, our guts wear all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what I wanted to attend to. Who would you say wouldn't benefit or who would, um, who would you advise against getting a colonic? Yeah. So, uh, Straight off, we advise against women who are pregnant and haven't had a colonic before, um, and we avoid it in the first trimester. So just because so much can sort of happen in that first um, trimester, we avoid it altogether in the first trimester. And then if you haven't had a colonic before, you want to avoid it until um, after you've given birth and you're ready to come back to have a colonic because basically we're creating a detox in your body and you don't want to be detoxing when you're growing a baby because, you know, things could potentially cross the placenta if we're stirring it up. But if you have had regular colonics before, um, after that first trimester, you can come in for a colonic because hopefully any toxins that are shifted up, we've already cleared out um, in the sort of pre, pre-pregnancy phase, if that makes sense. Um, and then the other people we would advise against getting a colonic is anyone who's had an abdominal surgery in the last six to 12 months. So it just really depends on what that surgery is, but we wanna give your body time to heal. So heal, bounce back to you know where things should be and just reduce that inflammation and not irritate anything. So you know sometimes those wounds that are healing on the inside, we may feel better, but it's still taking time to get back to normal. So we wanna give everything a good break so it can heal. Um, but once you've got the all clear from your doctor, you can definitely come back in for a colonic. And then anyone who's got in sort of an active or aggravated stage of um, IBD or inflammatory bowel diseases, so things like Crohn's, um, also ulcerative colitis, even the um, diverticulitis, like if you're in a big flare-up or in lots of pain, 
uh, we potentially want to avoid having a colonic because once again, we don't want to stir things up. We just want to wait for the body to come back down, reduce that inflammation, and then we can help it to detox so we can avoid those flare-ups from having happening again. Um, yeah, so they're the main things. But I would definitely, no matter what, if you've got something, a concern, get in touch with your colon hydrotherapist and chat it out because, um, yeah, we can we can find a way to support you. Okay, so then who do you see benefiting most from this procedure? And can you think of a couple of examples like we spoke about earlier, um, maybe some examples of people that have had you know, mind-blowing, life-altering outcomes because of this um, and also just what you see commonly people really respond to? Yeah. So I think people can benefit from colonics for all sorts of reasons. You can see benefits from something like brain fog all the way to constipation. So some of the things we've seen in the clinic, even as um, close as, Tuesday this week and I've only just posted about it on my social media is a girl that came in and suffers with severe bloating so she came in with um, what looked like a six-month pregnant belly it was only a small framed girl but had this belly protruding out the front when she came in and she was at her wits end of what she could do to support her body had been down the doctor's path had been told everything's fine she was healthy um, but this was controlling her life. It was impacting her work. And she was actually excited to come in for her first colonic. Most people are really nervous their first time, but she was so desperate for help, help that she was excited for her first clinic, which is great. It made for a more relaxing clinic, which then allowed her gut to release more. And so for the 45 minutes that she was on the table, she was releasing waste the whole time. Wow. So they were there was form stools, there was gas, um, we saw undigested foods, um, and then just sort of a sludge that comes through with the clinic. I guess there's probably a more technical term, but that's what it looks like. It's like mm. a, a toxic sludge that sort of comes through. So we're seeing lots of that. And as you would know, Liz, normally with the first colonic, we we sometimes don't see much until right at the very end. Mm -hmm. So this girl will seeing a release the whole time, which was so good for her. Wow. Um, and then after your clinic, you finish up on the toilet and some people release a lot more. Some people will um, release only a little bit. But when she came back out to meet me in reception, she said she felt like she had lost kilos. She just felt so much lighter. Wow. And then has since sent me a before and after photo. So the night before she came in for the clinic and you can see her her big um, like bloated belly and you can see the distension there and how uncomfortable she would have felt with that. And then to the morning after her colonic and there's a dramatic difference in that bloat. So, wow. yeah, that was just one person we had in this week. But I've had another client who I was working with um, as a naturopath who couldn't move her bowels on her own. She had been told by her doctor she had ended up in emergency a couple of times because she was just in that much pain from not being able to go to the toilet and being that compacted. Um, and then finally, this was in the early stages of setting up the clinic, so she was one of the first clients to come through and use the um, colonic system. And through a number of colonics, 
we were able to start to kickstart her gut to be able to move on its own. So to break that cycle of constipation, to tighten and tone the muscles of the gut, and through uh, some diet changes as well, her bowels started to move on their own. Whereas, yeah, she was told by her doctors that she'd have to do a colonoscopy prep every every other week to help clear her bowels. So, wow. Yeah, it's... Um, you know, a big difference because I don't know if anyone's had those colonoscopy preps before. They just strip you, and um, yeah. so you know that they're, they're taking, they're impacting the environment of your gut as well. So they're definitely, you know, definitely needed, but not not that often. And let alone the dietary protocol, because essentially it's like eat everything you're supposed to not eat, like white mm-hmm. bread and again candy and everything else in the lead up to the bowel prep as well. So that in turn is also affecting the gut microbiome, which compounds the problem. Definitely. It's pretty astounding, isn't it? Because I think unless you're somebody who's had any gut issues before, um, you may not realize what an impact for that. I'm using so many puns today. It's not intentional. It's hard not you. to. Yeah. It really is. There's so many bowel puns. I just realized. <laughs> so and really puns. Um, I think we don't realize unless we're somebody who does have chronic bowel issues, how much this, this type of condition affects people and how much of a sense of freedom you get from not having bowel issues. But yeah. like you say, it's not just about bowel issues, is it? Like for me, the biggest thing I found, which I was really surprised about, is I've had um, three periods since menstrual cycles and I have not had pain in one cycle. And wow. I don't get very painful periods, but I do get the, the, the pelvic cramping just a little bit on day one, two. And literally, um, I had zero cramping for three cycles. So that was really astounding to me. That's never, ever happened for any other reason. So that's a very good benefit. Yeah, definitely. That's so good. Yeah, definitely. And we hear that all the time. And even, you know, that's another benefit. Sometimes we get women in here who haven't had their period, might be post-pill, that sort of thing. And then they'll have their colonic and the next day I'll get a text message, oh, my period started. So just helping the body to detox and get back into its normal, regular, all those regulatory systems, which we know are all connected to the gut, um, can help in so many different ways. Well, this is the perfect segue because I want to go down the path about talking about how the gut affects mental health mm-hmm. and I guess it's an excellent segue because we're even, even if we're talking about somebody who, let's say, hasn't had their period in a while and they have a colonic and then they get their period, yes, it's functional, so things are moving, things are detoxing, but it's probably also um, to do with emotions, right? Because mm-hmm. we hold so much emotion and trauma in our gut if you can do something to help release that, potentially it also um, starts releasing hormones in your body and shifting other things around. So I've got this special particular interest in mental health from lots of angles and, and I love I love exploring therapies that aren't being explored by the, the mainstream medical fraternity like colon hydrotherapy, like neurofeedback and even psilocybin, but even the simpler things like change in diet and probiotics. So can we talk about gut health and mental health then? And because the thing that bugs me here is even though it's pretty much accepted in the mainstream now that gut health and mental health are related or 
More than related, inextricably linked. But if you see your doctor or therapist about your mental health, not only do they not recommend anything to do with gut health, but they don't even discuss it at all. They don't touch on it. Um, And I find that astounding and and somewhat negligent, being that we have so much evidence to connect the two. Um, So can you talk about the gut-brain axis, as we call it in therapy, Mm -hmm. and what the evidence shows us about the relationship between the two? Yeah, definitely. So we definitely already have so much evidence around this gut-brain axis, but also we're still learning. We're still learning so much about um, what goes on there, how how the body all communicates with one another. So some of the things we know for sure is um, our enteric nervous system. So it, it connects with our central nervous system, so that brain, and then all these pathways throughout the body that talk to everything from our, you know, our kidneys to our stomach to our gut to our lungs and then to the brain, like everything is interconnected with this web and it's always talking back and forward. It's not just one way. They It all talks to each other. So if one thing is out, it's going to throw other things out as well and the body's going to prioritise things at different times to, you know, conserve energy and keep us alive. Um, But then the area that I find really interesting is the microbiome. So these bugs that are in our gut and how how they break down things in our body and then uh, create things that then give feedback to our brain. So um, it's just so important because we can so easily have an imbalance in those bacteria, which then can control what's going on in our brain and, and how our body is processing things. So another interesting uh, area is uh, neurotransmitters and gut. So we know that neurotransmitters are useful, lots of different things. Uh, serotonin is one of the most commonly known one, um, and we know that's beneficial in for our nervous system. It's a chemical that carries messages between our nerves and our brain and then throughout the body. Um, But one of the things we've learned more recently is up to 90% of serotonin, 95% of serotonin um, can be provided by the gut. So it's still still being learned how the body uses this and um, what impact that can have with gut health. But yeah, so so much of what's happening in our nervous system can be linked back to the gut and how the gut is making what we need for our nervous system. Yeah, and if the environment isn't right in the gut, then obviously the that gut-brain axis is affected because you're not getting the right level of um, neurotransmitters and metabolites then heading to your brain to um to you know impact your your mood and the way you feel about life. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and you know even things as simple as. Um, one of the most common things we see is a yeast overgrowth or you might have heard of candida, which is one of the bacteria in our gut. It can live there happily, but it can quite easily overgrow, especially with our Western processed high sugar diets. And having an imbalance of something like that, like a high um, bacterial overgrowth of candida, can trick our brain into feeding more sugar so, you know, it, it's convincing us to then want more sugar to feed this bacteria. 
And then we know how much that can um, impact our moods and our nervous system and then even how we feel. So it's just incredible how much these bugs in our gut can control what's going on in our day-to-day lives. That's so true. It's it, you know people say this. So we have we have more, um, however many we have estimated, um, we have more bacteria in a microbiome than we do have skin cells, for example. Yeah. Um, and it's true that the microbiome is controlling everything about us because like you're saying it impacts your mental health but then it also controls your cravings and when you crave sugar you consume more sugar you affect your blood sugar which then sends you down another spiral and then affects your kidneys your liver and everything else so you're you're so critically right here that if our if our gut is not in good condition we cannot possibly be in full health i don't think there's any way around that i want to touch on something here Mm -hmm. um which is about you talked about candida and it's one of the bacteria um i guess one of the things i just wanted to highlight and i'd like you to speak to this as well um i think what most people are unaware of is that the the population of bacteria in the gut is quite vast and um everything needs to be most of those things need to be there but often they're in too high a level so you could have what we would call a bad bug but actually you need some of that bad bug in order to keep the balance in the what we would call good bugs it's more about throwing things out of kilter so it's not about suppressing or destroying all of these so-called bad bugs because without the the without those we don't have a beneficial culture for the the ones that we need more of as well. It makes me, yeah, yeah, it makes me think, and you probably see this too in practice, about how many people are on the same probiotic. Mm -hmm. Um, They come in with their probiotic that they get from the chemist or whatever and they're they're on the same, let's say, three-strain or even single-strain probiotic for 12 months, two years, five years, whatever. Can you just talk a little bit about um, how – feeding the same bacteria over and over might affect somebody's gut and what would be best practice around that? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it can work both ways. So you can have too much of a good bacteria too. So if you're, um, I always like to think of it as a garden. So if you wanted a garden with lots of different flowers in it, um, you know, you need to make sure you've got good soil. If you've just moved to this house with this garden, there might be lots of weeds in it, like um, plants that you don't want. So first of all, we've got to work at um, how to remove them and how to stop them coming back. Um, But, you know, if you want a variety of flowers in this garden, if you just keep throwing calendula seeds in there, well, you're just going to grow calendula. You're not going Mm -hmm. to have an abundance of all different, um, different flowers and then you're not going to, attract all different uh, beneficial insects to your garden either. You're just going to get the ones that feed off of the calendula. So the same thing can happen in our gut. If we're just throwing the good stuff in all the time, it can throw out the balance of all the other stuff. And actually more recently in my naturopathy clinic, we do a lot of gut testing, microbiome testing, and it actually hasn't been parasites and Um, opportunistic bacteria that is coming up as the problem is actually the lack of good bacteria and the lack of variety of those beneficial bacterias. Um, So it's really interesting and I I actually have a bit of a theory around the past years that we've been through. You know, it's 2023 now, but we've just been through a pandemic and 
everyone's antibacterial and we've been using things like hand sanitizer and really heavy cleaning products and even hiding inside where we've lost a lot of those good bacteria. We've killed off good bacteria too. So it can work both ways. But the good thing is there is lots of research around probiotics and there's more and more becoming available. So if you find out where the weaknesses are in your gut, there are lots of ways to um, to to um, fix that and, and add the right kinds of bacteria in. But it is important to get that diversity and find the right ones that work for you. I'm so glad you touched on the antibacterial thing because this is a conversation I've had for three years with so many people um, and we kind of knew as practitioners, we kind of knew what was going to happen. It was a bit predictable. Like if you start spraying everything and killing every germ with the fear of the dreaded C virus, yeah. um, you become susceptible to everything. So we, we killed our gardens, didn't we, in that process? Yeah. 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 And we also when exposed to things that, yeah, add that variety to our gut. We just had what was in our home environment. Yeah, so we're definitely seeing that now. Um, and even, you know, there's been reports lately of a lot of gastro going around and especially um, people travelling and coming back with things. And I, I think that has a lot to do with it too, is that we just don't have that um, good gut bacteria to um protect us from different things we're exposed to at the moment. Yes. And and I'm guessing both of our advice on that one would be stop using antibacterial everything and get your yeah. hands in the garden, in the yeah. soil without gloves on for a bit. Would yeah. that be a good start? Yes, 100% yeah. is stop using um, the hand sanitizers con continuously. I know, you know, sometimes that's all you've got. You can't wash your hands and that's what you have to do. But yeah, just sticking with your normal soap to wash your hands when you go to the toilet or when you're eating and not being so clean all the time. Yeah, um, yeah you know, definitely being clean but not being that 99.9% .9 Well, not clinically clean. That's exactly right. <laughs> don't we be don't clinically clean. Be clinically clean. <laughs> That's no, right. Because our skin needs bacteria too. And, exactly. You know, yeah, it's not just the gut microbiome. There's microbiomes all over the yeah, the body. including the eye. So, you know, yes. like we're just finding microbiomes everywhere. Yes. Oh, right. these microscopic, incredible worlds that we could talk about for hours, right? Yes, it's incredible. It's so interesting. And I think we're only going to learn more about this and, and how beneficial it is for us in so many ways. Um, so, yeah, we need to learn to work with these bugs rather than trying to, you know, kill them off all the time because they do help us. There's lots lot of benefits in working together. Exactly. For the last part of our chat today, I wanted to just um, go down a path that I just touched on a little bit before, which is about the gut and emotional health. Mm -hmm. As I was researching for this episode, um, and I was specifically looking for this information, it's not like it just popped up because this is really, you know, a deep dive into a very passionate um a passion area for me, I found lots of in information that suggests that the descending colon is strongly correlated with feelings of sadness, loss, and fear. And I found that so interesting because it's really, really specific. So we feel emotions in the gut and we know that. And for example, that's evidenced by the fact that when we feel nervous, we've got to run to the toilet um, or um, we might stay my, say my stomach is in knots if we feel nervous. But what about specifically about trauma 
And when I say trauma, I don't just mean like traumatic events, although it could be, but even things like um, general sadness, depression, loss, um, ongoing chronic fear, things like that. There's there's an incredible book, and I don't know if you've read it, Kirsty, um, but it's called The Body Keeps the Score. I'd be surprised if you and I didn't talk about this because I'm pretty sure I talked to everyone about this book. Um, it's Bessel van der Kolk, if anybody wants to find it, but it's um, it explains how all trauma, physical, emotional, spiritual, um, it's physiologically lodged in the body. And we actually lodge those experiences and then they manifest sooner or later in lots of disease states, everything from depression or anxiety or psychosis, could be arthritis, heart disease, cancer, basically you name it. And often it's um, it can trauma can be at the, the root of that. What's your understanding about how assisting the deeper health of the colon can address some of this stored trauma, especially as it pertains to loss and sadness and fear. And have you personally seen or do you know of anecdotal evidence of how this works for individual clients? Yeah, that's a great question. And to be honest, this is an area that I would love to learn more about because, you know, energy and, um, you know, because trauma, emotions all carry energy. And yeah, that gets uh, stuck in the body, especially if we're not having good ways of clearing it or if our organs of elimination aren't working optimally, like our gut, if our gut's not working optimally, that's where the body sends things to clear, including energy and however that's stored in the body. Um, so if you know your, your body's done the work to try to eliminate it, but then your gut is stuck or not moving optimally, yeah, it's going to stay in the body. So some of the things I guess I've seen, uh, even experienced myself, is when I used to do um, enemas at home. I mean, I still do enemas home, but this was in the past, um, you know, going in to do my enema, feeling completely fine, and then doing that enema, having the release and feeling sort of an emotion come over my body. And it might have been something that I was releasing from that week, you know, when you do your release, you're sort of releasing that emotion as well and then feeling so much better after it. Um, and I've seen that in clients too, you know, coming in and um, coming in feeling really nervous or um, stressed and then after their colonic feel so much better, feel lighter um, on an energetic level as well. And it's also I've seen it with um, my mentor, so uh, Christy from uh, Gravity Colon therapy colon hydrotherapy in Queensland um, she did a post on Instagram once about how one of her regular clients um, just they weren't seeing anything in their colonic so nothing was coming out and she just happened to say where do you feel stuck in your life at the moment and the client broke down and sort of let it out and then the colonic just happened everything released wow. so yeah there is so much in that in holding trauma in your body and um and yeah how that can present in different ways you know that makes me just want to i suppose just hover on this point for a second because there's so many of us in the population that have deep-rooted trauma sadness anxiety about different things or from life experiences and we can't find ways to release it and we might try and go for a run or, you know, sometimes it's um, it's unhealthy habits like drinking or whatever it is and we can't release that trauma. But I just want to encourage people who feel that this could be them with this loss, sadness, 
um, fear kind of resonating in their body constantly to kind of even do your own research, you know, like Google and get on PubMed and look at some articles because there is a lot of evidence to show this and read that book, The Body Keeps the Score. Um, I feel like this could be a really good way for people to go down if they're really stuck with their mental health and they're getting therapy and they're trying different things and nothing's quite, you know, um, giving them the emotional release or, or, or whatever that they need. It's probably really, really important to have a good look at your gut health and also maybe consider a colonic as part of that um, because there could be potentially some massive answers there and um, the evidence shows that this is where we're storing that type of trauma. So, you know, take a deeper dive and and look at this as a, a possible option to to help yourself. A hundred percent. And yeah, yeah, even just tuning into your body because so often we're looking for the answers everywhere else, but tuning in and um, feeling where you're feeling it and then make the appropriate decisions for you and your body on on how you can support that too. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the um, the methods I was taught by um, by somebody I know who's a psychologist um, is when you're dealing with, for example, children who have trauma, um, get them to locate it within their body. So, you know, if they're feeling upset or they're feeling sad, where are you feeling the sadness or where are you feeling the anger? And I think that's also really critical for us to learn as adults as well. So if we, we're upset because something happened at work or we had a fight with our partner or whatever it is, but just to sit in that space and kind of scan over your body and where am I feeling this, you may find that you're feeling it in your in your hands, maybe your hands are tight, or maybe you're feeling it low down in your stomach or in your throat. But I think that's part of really getting down to the nitty gritty of where are there physiological blocks as, as well as emotional blocks in your body and, and helping to identify them can actually help us as individuals to take stock of our health and really get down to what's going on and, and, and manage ourselves and help ourselves get better. Yes, I agree. Kirsty, this has been such a good chat and I really hope that it's um, beneficial for everybody who's listening as well. Um, I just want to thank you for for the way that you practice um, and the fact that you're a naturopath and you do colon hydrotherapy, I think is, um, you know, it's not only complimentary, but it also gives people, uh, I guess, more confidence in what you do as a practitioner. If you're a practitioner and you're practicing something like colon hydrotherapy, I certainly feel uh, a greater level of trust with that. So I think that's awesome. Um, so yeah, thank you. And thank you for doing mine. Now that the whole world and all the millions of people that listen to this podcast knows that, yes, I had a series of colon hydrotherapy <laughs> sessions and I liked it. <laughs> yes, great. And it always surprises me is how many um, people come in as referred to by their friends. So they've had the conversation, which is great. We should be talking yeah. about it more. And you know what? Here's to talking about poop more often. Am I right? Yes, I'm always yeah. available to talk about poop. And, <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, if anyone has any questions or wants to have a, a chat, I'm always up for a conversation about poop. <laughs> and just give us your details of where people can contact you if they either want to um, book in for naturopathy or for a colon hydrotherapy session or series or if they just want to follow you on socials and see what you're up to and, and get a bit more information. Yeah, definitely. So the best place to find us is um, on we spend most of our time on Instagram so gut recovery center um, but we also have a Facebook page and a website which is just www.gutrecoverycenter.com.au 
Um, and yeah, that's where you can find me, um, the colonics. We've got a couple of other practitioners that work with the gut as well. So um, that's our sort of special interest. And yeah, whatever you've got going on, we'd be happy to help. Amazing. Kirsty, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for being the start of 2023 with me. Yes, very exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kirsty. <laughs> Unconscious is presented by One Seed. Find out more at oneseedperfumes.com.